This episode of Rick and Rick Rule the World is brought to you by Taskin, the first name in ultra-stylish, premium-quality travel gear, like the exquisitely designed Taskin One expandable backpack. With nine practical variations, the Taskin One is always the right size for wherever life takes you next. Save 30% on your next purchase when you use the promo code RNRTAKE30. That's RNRTAKE30 at TaskinSF.com. Next up on the all-new Rick and Rick. The Snyder Cut is coming fast, but for the love of Martha, can it really do justice to the league? Kraft Macaroni gets extra cheesy with a side of powdered candy flavoring. Plus, loaded questions and a whole lot more. And it all starts right here, right now. On the one show that's always enough to make you Rick. (laughs) And everybody rules the world. Hey everybody, welcome to Rick and Rick Rule the World. I'm Rick Matheson and I am joined as always by my good friend, Jason Alexander. I I mean, Rick Wooten. How you doing, Rick? I'm doing great. How you doing this week? Good. You seem vaguely familiar to me, but I can't quite place who you are. (laughs) I'm talking about our Super Bowl episode and how that Tide commercial, you you didn't immediately recognize the name Jason Alexander and his face seemed, it it didn't quite connect for you on the t-shirt. And longtime listener Bill got a kick out of that, but he pointed out to me that I missed one of the key references. One of the key references in the commercial was the music from The Greatest American Hero. In the show, Seinfeld, that is the music that Jason Alexander's George Costanza character used on his outgoing voice message or his machine because he was his girlfriend was going to break up with him by phone he was afraid of, I guess. I either didn't know that or forgot, so that went right past me. So, boy, Ty just did not have us. <laughs> truth. There's some truth in that. So I, uh, I I don't remember the actor's name who played the greatest American hero, but I, I just saw, I think he turned 70 or something this year. Oh, wow. And I just saw a picture of him, you know, back when that show was on in today. And I swear the dude, like, found the fountain of youth. I mean, he... He has hardly aged, at least in this photo. It was absolutely amazing. Uh, He still had the curly blonde hair and the whole thing. I just looked at the photo. Yeah. How is that even possible? Right? Yeah. Well, you know, he always looked like a 12-year-old in the show, so maybe it makes sense. Did you like the show back in the day? Oh, yeah. I loved the show. And it was one of those ones where your friends would make fun of you for liking. Yeah. (laughs) But I still liked it. I was absolutely a a closet Greatest American Hero fan. So for everybody, because I just realized most people were probably born after the show was on. (laughs) It was a TV show back in the 80s. was about a high school teacher who is kind of recruited by aliens to become a super superhero on earth. They give him a suit, a super suit that gives him powers, but unfortunately there's a mix up and he loses the instructions. So he has no idea how to control this suit. And he has an FBI handler by the name of Bill Maxwell, who was played by Robert Culp. Oh yeah. 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 And uh, he was great in this role. He was so obnoxious and wants to believe he's tough as nails and William Katz's character, whatever his name was, the teacher and his girlfriend were always just rolling their eyes and sort of managed him in each of the episodes. Well, they, you know, saving the day. I thought the show was hilarious. Me too. Me too. You know, uh, the kind of the slapstick aspect of it, and this is going to seem weird, it reminded me of Hong Kong Fui. I don't know if you you ever watched Hong Kong Fui as a kid. Yeah. Right? And so you, you had the guy who was, you know, the super martial arts, whatever, but it was also a terrible klutz and totally yeah. disorganized. And his, his co-star Cat was the one who actually solved all the murders and the one who solved all the, the crimes and all that. But Hong Kong Fui always thought he was the one who 
he had done it because he had, you know, these super karate moves. So it, it always felt to me like they had taken a couple of cool things and they had mashed it up and, and come up with something in a live action format. That's a good call. That's exactly what it was. You know, I think one of the other parts that kind of got people stuck was the special effects were terrible on the oh, show, horrible. even for the time. And whenever he flew, he couldn't control his flight. So he'd always crash into something. And so you had to deal with that 80s, you know, obvious blue screen or whatever behind him. And, and it just didn't look realistic at all. And a lot of people just thought that was done. But I think yeah. people thought it was a straight action show and it was taking itself seriously when in fact it was anything but. It was having a lot of fun with the whole concept of a, of a superhero who doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. Well, to your point, it, it was like almost all the time when he was flying, they were up super close to him as opposed to being kind of like panned right. out like they would with the Superman or something like that. And so you right. just see arms filling in the air. And yeah, it was, it was see, fun. Speaking of superheroes who don't know what they're doing, no. we are now officially less than a month away from the much ballyhooed Snyder Cut of the Justice League movie that originally came out in theaters in 2017. It is over four hours long. It will debut wow. on HBO Max on March 18th. I don't know. Are you excited? So yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of excited about it. I watched the uh, the trailer. I think I sent that over to you as well. And I have to say it, it, it was kind of exciting. It looked like it was something that might be kind of fun. We'll see if they, uh, they we'll see if they can hit the magic on this one. But I four hours, so. four hours four. is a long time. That is a long time. You know, what's so funny is, yeah, I, I watched the trailers and, and I'm getting excited. And then I was sitting there thinking, how did we get to a point where I'm super excited about Zack Snyder's Justice League when I hated Batman versus Superman? Right. So, and I, I seem to remember in our review of the theatrical release of Justice League that we were trying our hardest to be positive about it. So Batman versus Superman, you know, I was not a fan of that. The whole freaking movie is about him trying to kill Superman. And the thing that made me leave the movie angry was just as Bruce is about to kill Clark, Clark says, save Martha. Mm -hmm. And Bruce stops and is like, why did you just say save Martha? And then Lois Lane <laughs> says, it's his mother or whatever. Well, in this movie, in this version of Batman, his mother's name is Martha too. And so suddenly, because Superman's mother's name is Martha, he suddenly sees the humanity in Superman, stops fighting him. And in the meanwhile, Lex Luthor has created this Kryptonian monster called Doomsday and Superman and Batman go to fight Doomsday and Superman gets killed. And so we're left with Batman trying to kill him for three quarters of the movie, then deciding, oh, you're okay. Then battling for like five minutes with him against this monster, Superman gets killed. And then Batman's acting like we're going to make him proud, you know, as if he's known all along that Superman was this great gift to humanity. Right. Um, and so I freaking hated that. I know in our first season, we did a thing where it was like, okay, the next big movie is Batman versus Wonder Woman. And everything's going well until Batman discovers that Wonder Woman's mom's name isn't Martha and all hell breaks loose. Um, <laughs> That's right. Well, I read something in the last couple of weeks where someone was interviewing Zack Snyder. And I think this is from Geek Tyrant. Hold on. Yeah, he says, it's funny because we, screenwriter Chris Terrio and I, had to figure out some reason for them to be in a fight. And then we had to figure out how do we get them to stop fighting? Right. That's a tough one. It's like, yeah, they're sitting around going, hey, what if we make this movie Batman versus Superman? <laughs> and then going, oh, cool. We got all this going. It's like, okay, so how do we get them to stop? It didn't work for me at all. It's kind of like when you have young kids and they start telling a story. And then, and then, and then, and like it, it was like that, you know, they just kind of went on too long and then they just 
like, all right, fine. That's that's the only way we can solve it. All of this is set up for Justice League. And as longtime listeners will remember, when Zack Snyder was directing Justice League, unfortunately, he and his producer wife, they had a tragedy in the family. And so they had to leave production and Joss Whedon was brought in and he changed it as most directors do when they're brought in, you know, halfway. Right. And so the theatrical release, every loose thread was left completely unanswered from the earlier movies. And I know in our review, we talked about at points, really bad CGI, including trying to cover up the mustache that Henry Cavill had in reshoots. <laughs> That's right. It was still fun to see the Justice League of America on screen. So, you know, I, I took it for that. And I think it's because of the tragedy that he faced and because of all the loose threads. I'm like, okay, actually, yeah, I, I want to see where he was going with this, you know? Yeah. You know, this, this will be interesting. There have been a few movies over the years that I can think of that have been remade. One of them was Evil Dead. You know, the first Evil Dead movie was made on a super tight budget. And so when the, um, uh, the filmmaker had, you know, a bigger budget, he went back and he actually remade it. So the difference between Evil Dead 1 and 2 is really just budget. They, the, the movie yeah. is basically the same one. Yeah. Which, by the way, I love both the Evil Deads, the original. So I did I. I. I absolutely did too. Even Blade Runner, right? And how many how many cuts of Blade Runner is there? Because, Lord, yeah. Yeah, because, of, you know, the, the director went back and did his copy and, you know, you had the ultimate version and then, then the original idea. And so it's interesting to see all those. And some of them worked and some of them didn't. So the Zack Snyder cut, it could work, I hope uh, so. but it also could just be too long, right? Four yeah. hours. That's a long time. Originally, Justice League was supposed to be part one and that there would be a conclusion the next year. And so I'm hoping that this is all of it and it's wrapped up. And so we know, you know, how it ends. Now, part, part of the issue for these movies is he tried to cram every freaking major storyline in DC Comics history into these movies all happening at the same time. Because if you'll remember in Batman versus Superman, Bruce has that, first he has a premonition or a dream of a future where Superman is evil, only to wake up to have a vision of Barry Allen, the Flash, trying to communicate with him through time and warning him. So they're mixing Death of Superman, they're mixing Flashpoint Paradox, they're mixing uh, the creation of the Justice League and and all these other storylines in one. I will say that Ezra Miller plays Barry Allen, the Flash, in these movies. And my understanding is that movie, his movie, is back on track. But it's sounding like they're doing a Flashpoint Paradox movie because Ben Affleck is coming back as Batman. Yeah, I heard that. And we'll be joined by Michael Keaton, who is coming back as Batman from the Tim Burton movies. I didn't hear that one. And and so there will be different versions of here. Someone just got cast this week as Supergirl for the movie Oh, yeah. I saw that too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it is a great opportunity to reboot everything. One of the things you said is that they were trying to cram too many other things in there. And I, I think what they're doing is, is the same thing we've seen with Marvel, where they're dropping seeds to other movies that they're going to tie in, you know, and maybe they were just too overt with it in your case but i i like that they dropped a little bit of flashpoint in there you know so that when they go to a movie there's a tie back to it totally hear you i think the marvels did it really well i think that dc was trying to hurry to establish this sort of world building so anyway all of this to say i'm looking forward to seeing and i and i'm hoping i really like it it'll be fun Um, okay so we do need to get moving on here and we do have interesting funny stories to talk about on the other side of this break when we get to the good the bad and the marketing so stay tuned Hey, Rick and Rick Nation, don't forget to check out our website at rickandrick.com. It's double the Rick in just one click at rickandrick.com. 
Welcome back to Rick and Rick Rule the World. Rick Matheson and Rick Wooten. And it's time for the good, the bad, and the marketing. And Kraft Macaroni and Cheese, and I guess this was tied to Valentine's Day, it came out with Kraft Macaroni and Cheese that had a pink colored candy flavor pack that you poured all over the mac and cheese. And it was like a pink concoction what the f i know like this yeah sometimes you know they'll do something that's kind of clever i don't think i i mean other than cotton candy i don't think i want to eat pink food especially not pasta i mean that's so weird in fact the eater magazine you sent over something like ever bite into a creamy comforting forkful of mac and cheese and think what it really needs is some sugar It smacks a little bit of trying to get attention, you know, to get some publicity. Yeah, yeah. Look at me. Look at me. I thought this was was a little weird, but you know what? Sometimes we're off on these things and they become pretty popular. Although yeah. I will tell you, I did go to the store and look for this. I, I was curious if I could even find it, and none of the grocery stores that I visited the couple of days I looked for it uh, had it. So it's certainly not very common. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think they were just looking for attention. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. And it's hard these days to get attention. So uh, good luck to them, but uh, maybe not our third. I know what's going to appeal to every audience is loaded questions when we come back from this break. So stay tuned. This episode of Rick and Rick Rule the World is brought to you by Taskin, the first name in ultra stylish premium quality travel gear, like the exquisitely designed Taskin One expandable backpack. With nine practical variations, the Taskin One is always the right size for wherever life takes you next. Save 30% on your next purchase when you use the promo code RNRTake30. That's RNRTake30 at TaskinSF.com. All right, everybody, welcome back to Rick and Rick Rule the World. Rick Matheson and Rick Wooten, and it's time to play Loaded Questions. All right, question number one. Ad Age is reporting that sales of Gorilla Glue, let's try that again, Gorilla Glue <laughs> adhesive <Sorry>. spray. <laughs> I'm going to start that whole thing over again. Oh, that was awesome. Question number one. AdAge is reporting that sales of Gorilla Glue adhesive spray have spiked after A, a zookeeper thought it was bug spray and glued a banana to a gorilla's hand. B, a woman accidentally sprayed it in her hair thinking it was hairspray. C, a four-year-old was glued to the toilet seat after his mother mistook it for Lysol. Or D, Rick Wooten's sons glued him to his favorite easy chair after thinking it was sprayable ass. <laughs> That's awesome. Unfortunately, I know this one. The, a woman put it in her hair. Like I was I was like, why? Why, why would you do that? Yes, you are correct. So Adam is reporting that Gorilla Glue sales rose enough to spike its Amazon sales by 129% and Amazon's search volume by 4,378% after a woman named Tessica Brown. She made a TikTok video showing what happened when she accidentally sprayed her hair with Gorilla Glue spray adhesive after mistaking it for hairspray. Now, with all things TikTok, I was like, oh, of course, of course. Someone had to do a Gorilla Glue challenge and it included a man who who glued a solo cup to his lip to prove that the woman's problem was fake, only to prove it wasn't. That's right. (laughs) All right, question number two. Twitter has announced that it's launching a test of which of the following? A, audio tweets, B, augmented reality tweets, C, voice recorded DMs, or D, popcorn chicken pizza ordered by tweet. Twitter says it's (laughs) testing what? I'm going to guess audio tweets. 
It is actually D, popcorn chicken pizza. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> all right. So what did you say? The audio tweets. Uh, no. So in this case, it is voice recorded DMs. So according to social media today, Twitter's testing the ability to record and send voice messages in DMs. This is your all right. Final question here. Bayer's Phillips laxative brand. Bayer's Phillips lax laxative brand is out with a new TV. <laughs> okay, so so Bayer's Phillips laxative brand is out with a new TV and online campaign featuring which of the following taglines? A. Phillips, a gentle natural dump in about 30 minutes. <laughs> So that was A, Phillips, a gentle, natural dump in about 30 minutes. B, Phillips, gentle, natural, relaxative. C. This <laughs> is so making it into the bloopers. Okay, C, Phillips, the gentle, natural way to clear a room. <laughs> or D, Phillips, you deserve a good poop today. <laughs> Which of these is the new tagline for Phillips Laxative? I'm really hoping it's the last one. You deserve a good poop. The answer is D. You are correct. So uh, I, I think I think this is from Ad Age. Um, Phillips Laxative is out with a new campaign in which the voiceover <laughs> tell the viewers that quote you deserve a good poop today <laughs> in a statement. Teresa Gonzalez Ruiz, VP of Marketing for Nutritionals and Digestive Health. <laughs> Bayer, she says, you deserve a good poop, brings a new sense of honesty to the category. <laughs> Adding, in particular, we are excited about how it subverts the taboo topics of poop and constipation bringing viewers into situations that feel aspirational. <laughs> <laughs> Which kind of sounds like a load of, well, you know. <laughs> All right, well, you did a great job there. You deserve a good poop after that. <laughs> I think that's going to have to wrap it up here for uh, Rick and Rick Rule the World this week. Rick Wooten, why don't you share your uh, Twitter handle over quick? You can always find me on Twitter at Wooten, W-O-O-T-T-E-N. And what about yourself, Rick? <laughs> I'm at, <laughs> I'm at, i got to think about what my handle is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm at Rick Matheson on Twitter. So that's R-I-C-K-M-A-T-H-I-E-S-O-N. And of course, you can always find us at rickandrick.com. Until next time, stay safe keep each other safe and keep on coming back to the one show where everybody's name is Rick and everybody rules the world. <laughs> <laughs>